employee needs hmm, have changed over time. They want different things from employers, but employees are looking more and more for different extrinsic rewards. The primary being work-life balance. So this is where the employment contract has broken down. Along with the fact that there's no lifetime employment or long-term employment anymore. No employee wants to stay in a job for more than five years. And nowadays with the skill shortages, employees have choices to move around, to do what they want. I think we found that employees were quitting on us. They were um, leaving the company. They were even staying and quitting. That's a, a, a term, a phrase that people describe when an employee doesn't formally quit, but they come to work and they just kind of mail it in for the day. They get their paycheck and they, they go home, but they're not emotionally invested in what the uh, mission of the company is or, or the vision. Employees don't want to be employees. They want to be a flexible resource. There are no more jobs anymore. There are roles. They want to piece together three or four gigs. They want to backpack through Europe. They want to be home with their kids, but they want to have input in the world. And the technology, the, the digital age has provided them this opportunity. Bill, they want to work while backpacking in Europe. Absolutely. Europe. And don't see any reason why they can't. <laughs> they don't see any reason why they can't. Welcome, everybody. This is a New World of Work podcast. This is episode number seven. Today, we've got a special guest, one of the authors of the, of the book, uh, Professor Bill Garrison, who is going to be walking us through um, how we walking us through people leadership in the digital age, the, the changing nature of the employment contract. And then we also have Dr. Bob Biswals, who is going to add a lot of faith. Um, flavor to employment contracts and how they have evolved over the years. But pay attention to this podcast because uh, Bill is going to talk about the, the generations in the workforce. There's actually five of them and each generation is different. So you have to understand that uh, the baby boomers are much different than the millennials. So this will be a very interesting uh, podcast and I will turn it over to Professor Garrison to uh, help us and help us to understand the generations and how this works. Awesome. Well, uh, welcome everybody again, again to uh, our podcast. We're very excited about uh, being able to share a lot of the content of our book. And uh, today's topic is on that uh, generational mindsets, um, really high level. And uh, what what we're presenting. What we're going to be talking about today is that these are kind of generally what the research is showing us about um, the mindset of each generation. Of course, every individual is different, especially those of you that are like me that are Gen X. Uh, we don't like being put, have a label put on us, but it's uh, funny how a lot of these um, these things do matter. And I think the the key to this concept is when we can understand what uh, each generation maybe as experienced or the things, the ways that they think, 
uh, we can help lead them better. So I, I think it's a great thing to a worthwhile effort to think about what is the uh, the different aspects, the different mindsets that these people are having. So um, very excited today to uh, talk through these things, and and we're going to touch on uh, really to start off with the, the employment categories that uh, currently exist. And Dr. Baba, uh, you're you're kind of set up this. Uh, outline the entire book itself. What is the premise of uh, the nature of the employment contract? What is the employment contract, um, and and why is it um, need to be changed? That's a great question, Bill, and that needs a, a little uh, understanding. Our readers, yeah, I'm going to give you some background on the employment contract and where we are coming from and what changes, drastic changes have taken place to the employment contract. After the 1940s, when employees' rights and representation was in the forefront, a certain theory existed. That, that theory is called the equilibrium theory in industrial psychology. The equilibrium theory dictated the employment current employment contract the equilibrium theory said bill professor bill garrison he brings to the job his knowledge skills abilities experience ksas they call knowledge skills and abilities he brings to his, the job to the, his employer also his time he gives up his time for his employer so these are Bill's inputs. In order for the employment equilibrium to exist, that means employee satisfaction exists in one place and is equal and is in equilibrium with employer satisfaction. So Bill brings all his inputs in, and the employer in exchange gives him a good working conditions gives him his chance to satisfy his inner needs in the job, gives him a good enough compensation and benefits, gives him both intrinsic and extrinsic rewards. When And that is the employer's input into the equation. So when the employer's input is in equilibrium with the employee's in, input, then you have a satisfied workforce, okay? What has happened? Employee needs mm, have changed over time. They want different things from employers, okay? Employers were giving a lot of extrinsic rewards, salary, bonuses, etc. But employees are looking more and more for different extrinsic rewards. The primary being work-life balance, okay? And with the current doggy dog work environment where people have working many long hours, and they have, do not have enough time to give to the family, and the work-life balance is out of kilter. This is where the employment contract has broken. And the old employment contracts, where the workers have limited 
needs out of the workplace has changed. Because as Bill was saying, the millennials and the Gen Zs have a different outlook towards work, towards work-life balance. They would, do not want to spend the entire 9, 10, 12 hours working and not doing the other things that they want to really do and which brings them internal satisfaction. So this is where the employment contract has broken down. Along with the fact that there's no lifetime employment or long-term employment anymore. No employee wants to stay in a job for more than five years. And nowadays with the skill shortages, employees have choices to move around, to do what they want, etc. So the employment categories which Bill talks about, in the old days it was exempt, non-exempt, managerial, managerial, uh, technical, administrative, all of these job classifications. But nowadays we have not just regular exempt on exempt employees. We have gigged employees, flexible employees, contingent employees, on-demand employees. All of these new categories based on the technological workplace has changed the nature of employment categories. That is mainly what this whole chapter is based on. Okay. And we provide a framework for understanding this massive changes to employment categories and the employment so, contract. So how do we um, engage our employees and keep them with retention? Uh, Bill, I think you wrote part of that in your chapter. Yeah, it's, it's very difficult to, um, to keep our employees engaged. We have created a, I think we found that employees were quitting on us. They were um, leaving the company. They were even staying and quitting. That's a, a, a term, a phrase that people describe when an employee doesn't formally quit, but they come to work and they just kind of mail it in for the day. They get their paycheck and they, they go home, but they're not emotionally invested in what the uh, mission of the company is or, or the vision. And that's, um, in the past, the, the reason for that was because the management team and the supervisors did not treat the workers as humans. They, were, they treated them as, as tools to be used and uh, didn't care too much for the emotional part of that. Really too touchy-feely, right? And so we saw this massive drop-off of um, employee retention and so HR departments everywhere went, oh, my gosh, this is a problem. Um, not, a, not a problem because the employees were feeling uh, emotionally abused, but it was a problem financially for the company, right? So the, the company noticed that when people quit, uh, they lost out on all the, the value, the, the investment they had put into training and all these things, the hiring process. And and now uh, with more employees quitting, we have to spend more money attracting new talent. And if those people just quit, you know, that's a problem too. And so top management started taking notice and said, we need to stop the bleeding somehow. So let's do a survey of the employees and let's see what they say is the problem. And so what we started seeing was uh, employment um, 
employment engagement surveys where the idea was if the employees tell us what they need, uh, what, what, how well they feel about being for the company, then perhaps uh, we could solve those problems. Then those employees could become innovative and then they'll become productive and that'll make them happier employees. Um, but we're seeing that this uh, circle you see on the screen here shows a, a circle of this. When the employees engage, they become there's a, a bigger innovative environment and then productivity improves. Um, but with dissatisfied employees, uh, this is a, a, a like a drain in a sink. Uh, when the employee is not engaged, they become less innovative and less productive, which leads to more dissatisfaction and so forth. And so eventually they quit, they go take another job and, uh, Employers have no clue how to fix this. It just becomes a problem. Compile, uh, pile onto that the generational mindsets of the younger employees today. Uh, they don't intend to stay anyway. And so we have companies trying to retain employees that don't want to, that have no intention of staying anyway, uh, and putting, trying to ask them questions about. What is it that you want? What can we do better to make you happy? Those employees then answer on the survey truthfully, and the employer goes, well, they're wrong. That can't be the case. <laughs> and so they continue to, to push forward their, their same uh, programs that they had done before. Yeah, that's that's really inter interesting. And as I said at the beginning, we have to realize, though, there's actually there's still five generations in the workforce. Well, mainly four. You've got um, you got the baby boomers, Generation X, the millennials, and and Gen Z. So, can you uh, kind of walk us through the the four main generations and tell us how they're a little bit different? Sure. Uh, baby boomers, and, and we describe uh, when who how old this generation is. Um, you guys can see that in lots of places, but the baby boomer generation was this large group of people born after World War II. Um, I guess that would be your parents' generation. Is that correct? Uh, well, it, they were the ones that had you, the baby boomer. Is that correct? 1946 to 1964, and I, I am a baby boomer. Yeah. <laughs> also, so another interesting were, fact. Uh, your parents got through World War II, and they were so excited, uh, yep. they had you. Is that right? That's correct. <laughs> hey, guys, do you know the year I was born? No. 1944. Oh, he's right. So I'm, there, beyond right? Your, I'm beyond earlier than your radar. Yes. Yeah. So, so that there's very few what, what Dr. Bob would uh, self-identified as a traditional um, generation. And uh, there's a lot of information on that as well. But the, the baby boomer mindset in their careers is that uh, this, this chart we show, for those of you that are listening on audio, the uh, y-axis is success. The, the higher up the chart goes, the more successful there is. And the x-axis is number of years. And the idea the baby boomer um, was told when they were younger is, you know, Find a good job, do your job well over time. Um, your company is going to be loyal to you. You be loyal to your company. 
they're going to see that you're a good worker and, you know, you'll probably get promoted every 10 years. Um, and then slowly you're going to build up your career. You're going to become more and more successful as the years go by. And eventually you're going to hit this plateau, which is the end goal for a baby boomer is to hit a plateau in which things are, um, the grass is very green. Uh, your career is doing really well and you can kind of cruise into retirement. Um, and so th this has been, this is the mindset this baby boomers have. So they, uh, they look at the younger generations. Uh, what do you guys see, Robert, when you see younger generations with the mindset that you have there? Well, I will say that there's over 10,000 baby boomers that, that retire every day. So for the younger generations, that creates opportunities for them. Because if you think about it, most of these uh, baby boomers are the ones in leadership positions management, supervisor, management, director, executive, or they're on the C-suite. And they they have started to retire in mass. Like yep. I said, 10,000 a day. So this is going to uh, create opportunities for those younger generations. Well, I, and as a Gen X, I'm a self-proclaimed Gen X. I was born in 1975. I'm 47 years old today. Uh, Happy we birthday. Were, Did not know. <laughs> well, not today, today. I mean, today... In this year, this is how old I am at the time of this um, podcast. But um, I've been waiting for you guys to retire. <laughs> you guys take too long to retire. You have all the cool positions that Gen X wants to have, right? Uh, you guys, uh, we thought we'd be in the positions you guys are still in 10 years ago. We thought uh, Gen X is this egocentric i think is a good word to define us uh, the the reason for the x in gen x is because we cannot be defined but ironically it's our undefinition that defines us right so we're yeah. we're these quirky odd individuals that think uh our, our parents told us we could be anything we wanted to be so we became um people with long hair and beards and tattoos and still thought we could be the executive um, and we don't, ha there is not a lot of research on my generation. Did you know that? <laughs> no, and and I think I know the reason why. Um, when the telemarketers call us, we tell them to pound sand. When research <laughs> people want to do uh, research on us, we say, well, I'm not talking to you. Get away, you know. So we have this weird mindset that I'm special and people, at some point, they're going to recognize it. And it should be valuable. But really, Gen X has been a skipped-over generation as well. Um, there, mm. There's all sorts of things. And and we what? really are. We're waiting for you guys to retire so we can take those positions. But we're becoming impatient. What's interesting as well is there's, there's much fewer of you, right? The baby, the baby boomers were the big generation. We were the ones created after the war. And then when they had kids, when the baby boomers had kids, those kids are the millennials. So that is now the largest generation in the workforce. So yeah. tell us a little bit about the, uh, the millennials. And uh, Gen X doesn't like the millennials too much either. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, Dr. Bob's uh, sitting here laughing. Um, the millennials are a very interesting generation. So, the baby boomers, you know, I would describe they're wanting to create this great career. They're loyal to their companies. They're they're trying to get the uh, golden watch uh, retirement. 
And yet they've been laid off, right? Baby boomers have been the victims of layoffs several times. And so many baby boomers are that are still in work today are not working with the same company they started with, even though their parents told them that was the deal. Um, Gen X, we are also, we've, we watched the baby boomers and we said, you know, let's, let's try this loyalty thing out. Um, and we got laid off and we were confused why we were laid off. We're talented people. And every time we get laid off, we go and get more training and try to make ourselves more valuable, more, more marketable. And yet we continue to get laid off. Um, so we, neither of these generations has learned what's the current uh, way employers uh, uh, deal with staffing issues like that. And the millennials, they see it. They get it. Um, they can't understand when we tell them uh, as their managers, you know, you just need to put your time in, uh, you know, do the, the extra things, work the extra hours, and eventually you'll be able to get ahead. Uh, millennials are saying, I want to, I want your job right now, and I think I could do it better than you. And we're going, wait a minute, you, I'm Gen X. I'm waiting for the baby when we retire, and then I'm going to hold that position for like 30 years, and then maybe you get to have the position. Um, but millennials are... Uh, it's very, it's a very awesome generation. They are uh, pursuing their own happiness. This, uh, there's a formula on the screen right now. It says happiness equals reality minus expectations. And so they try to create their own realities and they're very um, forceful about that. They'll go to their boss and say, I want a promotion. They have no problem with that. Um, they also are very into experiences. They don't want to be tied down to a job. Most of them, by the way, are looking to be in another company a year from now. Most millennials that are in a job right now are looking to be to leave the company within a year. Mm-hmm. And that drives the HR people crazy, right? Uh, some millennials, in fact, will tell their uh, in the interview, um, you understand if you hire me, I'm going to be taking two weeks off um, three months from now because my friend's <laughs> getting married. Yeah. <laughs> and now we have to enter in the newest generation coming into the workforce, which is Generation Z. And yeah. they, they've got a different mindset. Tell us about that. Gen Z, what, what do we say the uh, years are? of The, the years Gen were Z? between 2001, I believe, or maybe four to 2020. Yeah, and this is a, the, a picture of my son who is a Gen Z and his fiance. So uh, it blows my mind that, you know, we spend all this time talking about millennials and there's tons of research on millennials. Millennials are making an impact in the workforce and we feel, you know, we have to do a lot for the millennials to retain them. And yet here comes these kids, uh, you know, my son old enough, uh, he's engaged and, has a career and you're going, wow, how, do, how did we get a whole new generation? We're not even, we haven't even figured out millennials. Um, but the Gen Z um, person that grew up with technology, right? Um, my son had a, an iPod in his hand when he was a kid. He um, had, he plays video games with his friends online. Um, I, when I played video games with my friends, I had to physically go to their house to play with them, right? But he can play online with his friends. And uh, they have this massive capability to work technology. 
And yet they don't want to really use technology. They love uh, being person to person. Um, the Zoom stuff that's been going on with the pandemic has really frustrated them because they love building relationships. And uh, you may, if you have one of these in your workforce now, one of the things they will do is constantly ask their supervisor, how am I doing? And the supervisor will go, you're doing a good job. No, how am I doing? Like, tell me exactly what I need to work on. What are my weaknesses? What are my strengths? They value uh, relationships a lot. And so we may, it's a little early yet on the research, but um, they may be more loyal. But both millennials and Gen Z believe in what Dr. Bob was talking about earlier, this work-life balance. And um, they're not going to wait for their employer to define what that is. Uh, they're gonna they're going to demand the work-life balance. They're gonna create things. And we'll talk about it here in a few episodes from now. But the gig economy fits them very well. This idea of shorter term contracts. Yeah, I think in the interest of time to summarize this, the employment contract, which was developed in the 1940s and which I explained earlier, is no more. Because employees don't want to be employees. The word employee is suspect now. Because the your the working partner, the com- organization's working partner is doesn't want to be an employee. They want to be a flexible resource. There are no more jobs anymore. There are roles. So the traditional employment categories professional, technical, administrative, all of these are out the window. Mm -hmm. So HR people have to change their paradigm and figure out ways how to engage employees who are not employees. That is the challenge. How to engage people, employees who are not employees. Okay. And And we're not giving them the secret today, are we? (laughs) <laughs> we actually have in, in the book, uh, the the end of chapter three, we provide a framework on how employers can do that. Um, it'll be a future topic as well. But absolutely, um, we don't, employees don't want to be employees. They want to fill roles. They want to piece together three or four gigs. They want to backpack through Europe. Um, they want to be home with their kids, but they want to have input in the world. And the technology, the, the digital age is provided in this opportunity. Uh, they're they're going after it. So how we're going to... Bill, they want to work while backpacking in Europe. Absolutely. Europe. And don't see any reason why they can't. Mm-hmm. And they don't see any reason why they can't. This is the sense of this chapter. Thank you. Thank you very much. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you, uh, Robert, as well. Thank you, Robert. See you next time, gentlemen.